Monster. This episode might not be as exciting as others, but I feel like it's really important to talk about how I met Connor and um, just more about him and that isn't directly related to what he's done. It's just going to show you a glimpse of how dangerous he really is and how similar he is to um, Ted Bundy in a way. Not that I don't know if he's killed anyone or not, but in ways of how he attacks people. But anyway, so in December of 2017 is when I met Connor for the first time. I actually met him on Bumble, the dating app. Um, he was my roommate, but we didn't have any romantic things at all. We went on just one date, and we met at the dog park by Centennial Park in Nashville, which is next to Vanderbilt University and um, just like five minutes from downtown Nashville. And I never let guys pick me up for the first date if I don't know them, so I met him at the park, which is in a very public area. I usually only meet for first dates and second dates in public areas. And nothing weird happened that day, but after reading his journals, I have learned that that day is linked to everything else. But anyway, so we met at the dog park in the afternoon and he didn't even have his own dog. He used his mom's dog, who was really cute. His name is Giuseppe. Um, and we just hung out and talked, but I knew, um, by the end of the day that I wasn't, I would never have romantic feelings for him. And when we were leaving, we walked through the dog park and hung out and all that. And then he asked if I wanted to go walk through the neighborhoods, um, by the park. And I probably shouldn't have, but I said yes, just because he seemed so normal, um, He's a good-looking guy. He's like six feet tall, about um, dark brown hair, bright blue eyes. He's in good shape. Um, really charming looking. He's, you can tell when he talks that he's intelligent and has a pretty high IQ. But yeah, we just, um, it, it ended up being fine. We just walked around the neighborhoods and talked some more. And I learned that he went to the University of Tennessee and he studied nutrition there. And he said he wanted to be a physical therapist, but he just never got around to applying for jobs or for to schools. So he was working construction at the time um, in Tennessee. I'm not sure exactly for what company or whatnot. I think it was more like an independent contractor thing. But he was really good at woodworking and um, hands-on things. He also told me that uh, his lease was ending and that he didn't like his roommate, his current roommate, and um, he was just like looking for places. He didn't know I had an open room at my house at that time. He just uh, mentioned that when we were talking about like what parts of town we live in and whatnot. And the next day I texted him and I told him we had an open room in our house and that I didn't see, like, romantic potential with him. I said it nicely, not weirdly. And asked if um, he'd be interested in checking out the room. 
where I'm calling Sean is the one that owns the house and he rents out two of the rooms to help pay for the mortgage but yeah so our old roommate Hannah moved out she um, got a recording deal she's a singer songwriter and so he came in my Dan and saw the room and ended up moving in um, just before New Year's at the end of December his mom has a nice truck so when he moved in um, she came with him and so did one of his best friends to help and so I got to meet like two of the closest people in his life right away while living with him his mom is super sweet and also in the psychology field um, according to him anyway I don't know if, if that was truthful or not but she's she was super sweet. Like I said in the previous episode, I don't want to um, make their family look bad or anything because he's the monster, not them. So in the first month or two living with Connor, everything was was pretty normal. We just were getting to know each other as roommates and becoming friends. He, we told each other about each other's families and high school and college, all of the basic jibber-jabber. You have small talk with people. He likes to talk a lot. I'm kind of an introvert, so I'd be like in my upstairs. I pretty much had the whole upstairs to myself and the boys had the downstairs, so I had my own TV room. And he would always come up there when I was watching TV, which is fine, but the introvert in me just like didn't want to talk a lot. And so he did that all the time. And I didn't like talk back every time, just usually I was up there because I was tired in the TV room. Or my office is in there too, so I was either tired or working or watching a show. Um, He would always come up and have these philosophical rants. He was always asking me like really deep, like too personal of questions. And I kind of always would like shrug him off or um, not respond with a lot of detail or personal things just because I'm not the type that typically opens up fast. I'm opening up now with this podcast, which is a big, bold move for me, personally. I share almost everything with my few best friends and my family, but other than that, I usually keep pretty private. One thing he constantly talked to me about was um, his dad. So he hated his dad, and he blamed his dad for a lot of things in his life and claimed that he was a major narcissist and only cared about himself and so on. He told me he goes to therapy because his dad was too hard on him as a child, um, but his dad never hit him or anything. Um, he just always made it sound like his dad was selfish and I always just try to, you know, be a friend and talk back with him. And But after like the don't even know how many times he talked um, smack about his dad to me when he hadn't even seen his dad in forever I just like started to realize um, that it just didn't seem right and now looking back on it um, the way he was describing his dad I think he was actually describing a lot of his own personality traits and that's how he would talk about himself he would do it discreetly passively and he I don't know um, who was all in his whole family but he had one brother that has some 
drug problems. Um, I don't really know. And then he had nothing but good things to say about his sister and his mom. And one thing I'm going to talk about later in the journals is some uh, um, ancestral things he has done to his sister without her knowing. His sister's husband um, died, which is really sad. Um, He said it was from an overdose or something drug-related. I can't remember exactly. I think it was an overdose. But now I'm kind of wondering if it was... Um, if he was involved, I'm not really sure. I'll have to look into that more. But he always talked about how his brother-in-law was a really bad guy and mean to his sister, and he didn't say one positive thing about the guy, even though he was dead, which I always thought was kind of odd. Like, normally when someone dies, you focus more on the positives, especially with family. Like, you might say, like, it was really because he had a drug problem or something like that but the way he talked about him was just so negative and toxic and he made himself out to be like this perfect guy like taking care of his two nephews and how he makes them more of a man and makes them these man cards and blah 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 and um he always uh, boasted about himself and about how he's such a good person and everyone around him is crap and He talked about himself a lot, um, basically. I would say at least once a week he would ask me questions related to my degree, which is a lot more than most people would normally. It's just like one conversation at the start of when you meet someone talking about school. Like, you don't talk about it every week with someone who's not in your program, usually, I guess. At least I don't. A lot of his questions um, were related to serial killers and psychopaths and narcissists. So he was always asking me what the difference is and how you can tell if someone's a psychopath or a sociopath and tons of questions. He asked questions, like I said, all the time. Probably at least once a week he came up and asked me questions. And another thing I thought was really really odd question and he'd also asked my other roommate the same question we we realized this after he went to jail we were talking about um some of his weird tendencies but he asked what I would do if my if I was married and my husband was addicted to porn and was asking if like people can become unaddicted and was asking about how common it is and I don't I don't know I'm not like educated on that that type of things so I just would just like, oh, I don't know. It depends on the wife and the husband and how bad it is, I'm sure, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm, I don't know. Bullshitted around about it. My dad's friend, the detective, his name's Bill, um, he told me that it, um, it's likely that he sought me out and um, because of my degree, because, of, because he's a psychopath, always told me how he went to therapy he went I think like every week or at least he claimed to go and he told me that his psychiatrist told him he has a personality disorder and um, he was telling me that it's bullshit and that he doesn't and that he's perfectly normal and a psychopath would fall under a personality disorder so it sounds like his psychiatrist was right but 
Connor was in denial, and he's just really good at um, he's really good at talking, like I said, and good looking and intelligent, so um, he can get away with a lot of things. I forgot to mention that Connor is 30 years old, um, white male. Throwing that out there so you can visualize more of what he's like with the dark hair, blue eyes, young. He looked more like he was, I don't know, mid 20s, I would say, or even early 20s. I mentioned before that he worked in construction when I first met him. Um, shortly after he moved in, he uh, quit that job, and I don't know why, and I never asked him. At the time, I just didn't know him that well, and I didn't think much of it. I've quit jobs before, too. But he didn't start applying for jobs. I don't know if his mom gave him money or if he had savings or what have you. But all he did for months was just sit on the couch. And in the mornings, he'd get up and watch Dragon Ball Z. I watch cartoons sometimes too, but he's a 30-year-old man and watched it every single morning for like hours at a time. And he also dressed up as Zoku, I think that's his name, from Dragon Ball Z for Halloween. He made his own handmade costume. And in the evenings, he always watched Netflix. And something I noticed early on was that he only watches very violent shows. And I like um, true crime and murder shows every once in a while, but it was every night. And he wouldn't just sit and watch a show all the way through. He would um, fast forward to just the violent scenes, which I didn't really catch up, catch on to at first. Like I would just like get annoyed and go upstairs to my own TV if he'd start fast forwarding a lot. But I started realizing that he was only fast forwarding to um, the like murder scenes or rape scenes or uh, what have you, all those types of things. He had this obsession with violence and one time I was watching TV with him and he asked me if <laughs> he asked me if I would ever kill someone and I said no unless it was like they were trying to kill me and it was self-defense but other than that I would never, I cried when I ran over a porcupine one time like never <laughs> hurt anyone and all he said back was well some people just deserve to die the reason why I still remember I have these things he said because it's because I I started getting creeped out by him early on and I just started writing down in my notes on my phone a lot of um, things he said that were just odd that not a normal person would say. Um, I have to pull it up really quick. Okay, so I just pulled up some of our, some of his direct quotes. 
day he claimed to forget my cat's name even though he had lived with me for months and then he randomly said one time I keep forgetting where I am which is why I kind of had this hunch that he was schizophrenic maybe he was I don't know in a different mind you know and who knows that's just my that's just my thoughts that's not any facts or anything like that When he asked if I would shoot someone, what is the first thing I said? Um, oh, I have the direct quote here. When I said it before, it wasn't a direct quote. So it was, would you shoot someone in the head? And that's what he said. And I said, no. And, and he said, not even if they're raping you. And I said, no, I would shoot them in the leg. I wouldn't kill them. And he said, that's dumb. And I said, why? He said, there's a lot of people that don't deserve to live. A lot of people should die. So these are just like conversations he'd come up to me and have while I was like cooking dinner or watching TV or studying like out of nowhere. Usually like we weren't talking before. So he's just an odd, an odd, odd guy. He was also constantly on dating apps and every time like, a girl had big boobs and they were hanging out in pictures, he would show me and be like, why do girls show their boobs like this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, they can do what they want. And I'd always just kind of blow it off. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't comfortable talking with him about that, I guess. In a lot of his journals, he talked about finding the his cosmic lover, which... He wrote about how it was his dream girl, um, which I'll share more about later. I have some of it in the journal that I have of his to read to you. And so some random th- weird things just like kind of started happening with the house. Uh, like one day I found this random little trinket. I don't even know what it was. Like a, It was like a smooth bluish rock that had a hole in it with like a rope in small it would like fit in your hand and it was just sitting on the middle of my bedroom floor which wasn't mine I knew it wasn't (laughs) obviously and so I just thought that was kind of odd and one day I was wanting to do my laundry but he kept doing the same load of laundry over and over and over and over and over again like all day from morning to night and he did it the next day and when he left the house I went and looked in to see what it was just because well, I wanted to do my own laundry and um, it was I opened the wash and it was these there's three really old ratty blankets which is just odd for him anyway because he's from a wealthy family and even in in general like normally people if there's like holes and stains all over blankets you just you know throw it out or get a new one or deal with the stains you don't try to you don't wash them all day and over and over and over again unless you're trying to hide something or I don't know so this was in March of 2018 when he was doing this and I took a snapchat video and I sent it to a couple of my best girlfriends and I was joking around saying telling them about the blankets and I was saying joking that he was a serial killer and at the time I like didn't have any other like odd things really besides our couple weird conversations so was kind of early on to living with him and for some I uh, decided to save it so I still have that video and 
blankets are going to show up again later on um, in another episode when I'll tell you about the investigation with the detective and the cops. And with the blankets, there is also this um, like clear, like a, a bag that a you know you a blanket a comforter comes in when you buy it at the store. One of those like thick plastic clear bags. It was one of those, but it was covered in mud and it was really dirty, and it had some rips in it. And I, so I don't know why he had that in the laundry room either. Um, just really odd, not not normal. And a while later, he got a job being a waiter at um, a bar slash restaurant in I believe it was Midtown area in Nashville and he did nothing but complain about it and talking about how poor the management was and he ended up quitting after a few weeks which um, a common characteristic of psychopaths is the inability to um, be able to hold a job a lot of psychopaths don't work because they don't have time because they're out doing psychopathic things and they have too much on their minds. And he started his own business, which I actually thought was really cool business. And so it was a greeting card, but it, I don't want to even say the name of it because I don't want to advertise for it. But he had a really cool grading card idea where like it comes with a bunch of questions deep meaningful questions so that you can give more thoughtful cards to people but now I'm realizing it's probably just a way to make him seem like he's an empathetic and loving person and to kind of put on this facade so anyway he um, claimed to have taken out a business loan and he was working hard on that for a month or two which was awesome. I was glad he was working and leaving me alone a little more. I had a home office and so he was always bugging me when I was working. I usually just ended up going to Starbucks or something so that I could work in peace and get things done because he was always asking, why do you have to work today? And stupid things like that. And one day he just like stopped working on it and went back to uh, his Dragon Ball Z and sleeping until noon every day again. So again, I started getting kind of frustrated with him because, I mean, he didn't work and he didn't like clean up after himself. Like if you're busy and you don't have time to clean every day, you know, whatever, it's part of having a roommate. But he, he was at home all day and he, like, for example, he cooked lamb meat all the time, like lamb burger, and he would cook it on high and the grease would literally splatter everywhere. Like the entire stove would be covered in countertops and I'm not exaggerating like a lot of grease because he'd cook it so high and then he would just leave it and I obviously wasn't gonna like clean up grease after him grease is a pain in the ass to clean up so I'd finally like call him out gently and ask him to clean it up he just only cared about being on his computer and phone all the time and now now that I know everything that I know it it makes sense why he was like that he was addicted to porn and sex and hurting people and everything else but if you're friends with me in a random uh, greeting card instagram or facebook page adds you you should definitely block them because that's him he it's has a heart as the cover and it's heart cards that's what it's called i'm just whatever i'm gonna call it out he doesn't deserve to have sales 
heart cards is I love heart cards or something along those lines. I'm sure if you typed in heart cards it would pop up. I haven't blocked on everything so I can't really go look and see what all of his information says but I can have one of my friends or family go look for me and I'll post it in the description for this episode so that if you are in the Nashville area you can be careful and know that he's a predator and dangerous. Another person he talked to me about a lot in person was his ex-girlfriend which I'm not going to share her name. Um, She's one of the women I've been in contact with and they did it like back in college I believe so a while ago but he still has this crazy obsession with her. And whenever he talked to me about her in person, I figured it was a recent breakup, so I never thought anything too weird of it. Like, people go through a breakup, they like to talk about it, and I just listened. And he had uh, told me how he recently went down to Louisiana, that's where she lives now, and I didn't realize when he was telling me all this stuff that she's married, and they broke up a long time ago. But he said he went down there with his friends and was hoping to see her the whole time, and So when you hear that and you don't know that someone's a psychopath, you think it's kind of normal, like, yeah, he's just missing her, you know, he wants to rekindle things. So I didn't think anything much of it at the time, but now that he has been writing about her in his journals for years and years after they broke up in a creepy way and has done things to her while she was unconscious and whatnot, which I will talk about again later when I read the journals in a later episode, but yeah, so... At the time when he talked about her a lot, I just, yeah, I didn't think much of it. And he said they broke up because he was the one that was treating her like crap. And he got drunk and extremely cussed her out and screamed at her or something along those lines. And um, I found a recent apology letter that he wrote to her. I don't know if he actually sent it, but... I don't know why he's still apologizing for a drunk screaming fit, but the the letter was really creepy. Um, I'll have to read that again in a later episode because I am, right now I'm driving and I don't have it with me. Another thing I thought was odd when I lived with him, but now I'm glad about it because I realized he did it because of his addiction, but we had a pool in our backyard and he would never go out there when I was out there and Um, He would only go, and then when I'd get home and he was out by the pool, he'd go back inside. Like, he would never be by the pool by me at the same time. And I think he was, like, trying to fight his sex addiction or something. That would be my guess now looking back at it. But he never once um, sat by me by the pool. And it was hot for, like, the five months that we lived together. He also would go onto my Facebook and Instagram and look at pictures of my friends and then ask me questions about them and ask if I would like introduce him to them and the reason why I bring that up is because um while I had a protection order against him after he attacked me he was trying to add um, my friend one of my best girlfriends on Facebook through his business account and she had known about the account because I tell her everything and she screenshotted it and was like what the fuck and to block him but he's just he's and this was like he sent the friend request I want to say in February and he attacked me in November and so that was months after attacking me um, 
he could have gone to jail just for like texting me or someone so I was surprised he even like remotely even tried to reach out to a friend of mine but that's why I mentioned the heart card things because he did add a friend of mine through his account so just be wary of that and keep an eye on it he also was on a lot of different medications and this is stuff he told me so it's not like I snooped through his things he was on Vivance that were 70 milligrams and he, so he was on uppers and then he also was on downers like these sleeping pills to help him sleep because he took so much Vivance so every day he did that and he also took um, a low dose of bipolar medication and that's a, another reason why I said in the previous episode that I wanted the cops to take him to the psychiatric hospital instead of jail because I thought he was just off his meds or like having a episode or something along those lines like I thought he should be in a mental hospital not jail but now I'm really glad they took him to jail Um, Connor liked to write a lot and (laughs) he went on a first date with this girl and um, afterwards he wrote her the longest poem about her and it was like really deep and sensual and he'd only only been to the dog park with her which is another thing he meets all women at the dog park which is a fine first date but he also met his um ex-girlfriend that i was just talking about at a dog park too so he's been doing that for years and years and years but yeah he wrote her this poem and then she blocked him on everything and he was all pissed and he had me read it and was like this was so nice like why would she do that why would she not talk to me again like she ghosted me and I was just brutally honest with him. I was like, I would be really creeped out too if a guy said all those things to me um, after a first date. I wish I had that um, the text he sent her with the poem, but he just showed me on his phone, so I don't have it. Um, I don't think so anyway. I'll have to double check on that. I mentioned his obsession with Dragon Ball Z, and so for Halloween, we went out together, and he spent weeks making his costume he made it homemade like he dyed his own karate suit and all of that and I was Cindy Lou Who and I went all out and I ended up winning the costume contest and he got third place and he was legitimately pissed off at me and like freaked out and told me it was only because I was a girl and it was just a costume contest like I was like why are you freaking out and also he didn't bring any money to the bar no cards or cash so I had to pay for everything for him which wasn't a huge deal but um I feel like he did these things intentionally because he knows like I wouldn't not do it and while we were out that night he disappeared for like two hours and I mean I knew people at the bar so I was fine but I just thought it was weird and he wouldn't text me back and then he just randomly showed up again and have no idea and that happened a lot whenever um we'd all go out together he just like would disappear from everyone even when we went out with like his very best friends another odd thing about him is that he had like a new ford i think it was an escape car but he never got car insurance and he never had it the entire 11 months and i was always pricing on him to at least get like basic liability and stuff because if you get in an accident you're screwed especially if someone gets hurt and he never he never got it I don't I don't know if he has now or not and 
his license was also expired. So it's just like all these random little odd things about him, especially because of his background, like going to a really nice private high school at Brentwood Academy and then um, the University of Tennessee. He has a four-year degree, but then he doesn't want to pay 50 bucks for car insurance for basic liability. It's odd to me. Even if you just get pulled over and you don't get an accident, you don't have insurance, you still get a fat ticket and you have to go to court typically. So, and then the final odd thing I'm going to talk about in this episode, I might come up and think of other things later on. Um, but one thing I thought was weird that in the entire 11 months that we lived together, he never had one single friend over and not one girl aside from the day he moved in. Um, which I just thought was odd, especially because we had like a big beautiful house with a pool in the backyard and a grill and a gym in the garage. Um, I loved inviting people over and he was a lot more social than I am when we go out. So it was just a surprising thing. In the next episode, I am going to be talking about the bloody pictures and the days leading up to the attack. So tune in if you want to hear more. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. It would be really helpful for me. Thank you.